Yeah, when I was in middle school band, it was just like, okay, we have 30 students in band. I, we have 30 instruments for the band. Go get them. Oh, no, they Hunger games it. The, the, yeah, and I'm shocked that this thing with the bunch of, like, uh, middle school. So, grade 7. Oh, lordy, how old was I in grade 7? I think it was 14? I think it was 13. Yeah, you... Uh, you no, were that's way too 13, young. yeah. I was... Grade 7. I was born in 92. Grade 7 was 2005. I would have been 13... I would have been 12. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I wouldn't have had my birthday yet. Okay. Listen, I have I have a spreadsheet about what's called What's My Age Again to help me figure this stuff out. But the point is... Oh my god, Tanner. No one, <laughs> surprised... Tanner! You know there's a calendar? No, but... It's just auto-generated so that I can check, okay, so I was this age when I was, and so I don't have to go, okay, I was 17 when I graduated in 2010, so I was 16 when I was at the end of grade 11, so da, 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 I don't have to count backwards on my fingers, I can just look it up. Okay. The point is, I'm surprised no one got clocked in the head with a clarinet. I mean, yes. See, I think the damage would be, arguably, with, like, the trombone. Like, if the slide flies off, that's just a projectile right there. Yeah. I did I did want to be a trombone and they got there before me so I ended up with a baritone. Um and then I did end up clocking someone in the head with it because I turned around too fast and misjudged the <laughs> the <laughs> diameter of the the spout the the horn. I don't know instruments. Yeah. It's been so long since I was in band. The bell. Yes that. Um but also the trombones end up with a bad reputation because the you, so was the spit valve for the trombone is just you pull the thing all the way off. And then you just pour it out. And mm -hmm. so, of course, they're just pouring that all out on the floor. Yep. Honestly, I think the most surprising part here is that you got to do marching band in, like, middle school. Oh, we didn't march. I was never in a marching band. It was oh. all a seated band. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Which, which is probably for the best, considering, again, I turned around too fast and clocked something in the head with my baritone. You know, I should ask my brother, who was in marching band, if there ever were injuries like that. <laughs> I did also ride my uh, baritone case down a small snowy hill, like a toboggan. Nice. I had to ride it like a horse, because, of course, if you put it sideways, uh, yeah. then the bell end Interesting. <laughs> would drag. Interesting. So, yeah, I just mounted it like a horse. <laughs> Hi-ho, silver away. Swish. See, it was I'll better than trying to carry it. Yeah. I'll say this about choir. You can't use anything that you would use in choir as a sled or toboggan. Sheet music binders are too small. <laughs> uh, use use a, uh, a note stand as a boogie board. I feel like that wouldn't work, just because, again, those things are small. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. Where there's a will, there's a dumb high schooler who will do it. Where there's a will, there's a Schuster. Ah. And on that note, do you think we should sync up our audio? Yes, let's go ahead and sync. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Hey everybody, welcome back to Loser Like Me, a Glee recap and review podcast where we recap the episode, then we review the episode. Quite often, they're episodes of Glee. 
so far, they've been exclusively episodes of Glee, except for the Smurfs movie, and except for that one time we made up an episode. <laughs> yes, one could say that there's the Smurfs movie had some Glee energy. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself first, or do you want me to introduce myself first? Depends. Do you have a bit that requires me to introduce myself first? Well, no, I mean, like, we usually say our names. Yeah, but it's it's usually uh, the person who introduced the episode goes second. Oh, okay. My name is Christina, and my Power Rangers got married in so many combinations, it was like they were Fleetwood Mac. My name's Tanner, and Christina stole my bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. I specifically wrote it down beforehand because I was like, I have to say it first before Tanner does. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to say it? Because I did write down another funny line that I could use. No, no, it's, it's now it's better that way. We can't. We've already captured it. <laughs> so this anyway, week. For... <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. So for this week's episode, uh, we watched season two, episode eight, entitled Furt. Furt. Yeah. This episode was written, surprisingly, by Ryan Murphy and directed by Carol Banker, uh, who I don't think has directed on Glee before. Yeah, I think it's a new name. Yeah. Nice change of pace. And I'm mostly surprised at the at Ryan Murphy writing because as we're going to get into in the episode, it's there are some parts that are crazy zany, but there are other parts that are like surprisingly unmurphy like yes at least from his tenure so far on glee <laughs> yes we'll get into that um so previously on glee previously on glee my my notes start out with i am tired and would like to not watch this episode and then oh wait it's the one where uh, a certain couple gets married and then i'm excited for the episode again <laughs> Um, I know for the previously on is that it reminds us that Sue is on the market. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, sisters. <laughs> but yeah, so so the episode starts. It's got Kurt being marched down the hall while arm-in-arm arm with Bert and Carol, and they're, like, taking him to Finn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's literally being frog-marched down the hallway. Yeah. But it's cute. And Finn is like, is this an intervention? Mm-hmm. And no, it's not an intervention. Bert and Carol are so cute because they're excited and they're talking over each other. And it turns out that uh, Bert just proposed to Carol in the classroom where they first met at that parent-teacher conference. And Carol accepted. Yay! Yay! The best couple on Glee! And Kurt didn't know this either, so Kurt is equally is, uh, gleeful. Yes. Finn is, because he's Finn, he's a little bit slow to react. <laughs> and you can tell he's like, he's like, oh god, Kurt and I are actually going to be stepbrothers now. <laughs> but he's very happy for his mom and for Bert. And Bert announces that, hey, we're going to be doing this wedding reception on a budget. So we're going to be saving money wherever possible, which means that we are recruiting both of our sons and all of their classmates in the Glee Club to do all of the music for the wedding and reception. Well, technically, they just were Kurt. Kurt they were Kurt. They were Kurt Kurt 
for the wedding planner. <laughs> um, and then Kurt says that, oh, well, we'll just have the new Merc Directions do music for you because you, you won't have to pay them anything. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, legally, you can't or they'll be <laughs> disqualified again. Yeah. And also, we should clarify here that by when Kurt says, oh, we'll, we'll recruit new directions, he also is including, by extension, their entire backing band. Yes. <laughs> their honorary new directions. Yes. Uh, because as funny as it would be to see, I don't know, Finn Hudson trying to play a trumpet or Mercedes working on like percussion or something. They don't have the instrumental skills. <laughs> Yo, where was Finn's ska arc? Oh, gosh. See, the... the, the maybe... Oh, no, I wish we could have seen Cory try to skank. <laughs> I feel like he'd be very good at skanking because, as established in the Polygon video Unraveled on Fallout's new genre of music, all you kind of have to do when you're skanking is, like, flail your arms and legs back and forth in a vaguely rhythmic pattern. <laughs> Finn has already been skanking. <laughs> Glee was in between waves of ska. <laughs> we should also mention that uh, Bert, and Carol are, Bert and Carol are specifically trying to save money because for their honeymoon, they want to travel to uh, Waikiki for, uh, for their trip. So they're saving all the money they can in order to be able to afford it. This will come back later. Yes. Uh, anyways, those aren't the only wedding bells this episode. Yup! Here's the Murphy. You, you, you can take this one. <laughs> oh, thank you, Tanner. Thank you for giving me this privilege. <laughs> Listen, I always feel like I talk too much during these. No, you, you, Tanner. I'm trying to share the pain. Okay, in that case, then I'll rip off this band-aid. Um, we, <laughs> we then cut to Sue finishing up uh, Sue's corner corner. Uh, she says some bad stuff about the unhoused population. I don't remember what it was. I just remember it was bad. Um, I mean, she, she says that she prefers to think of them as outdoorsy, and it's just the, like, the tail end of one, so... Yeah... Where do we fall on this? Could be worse or nothing is scarier? Uh, could be worse. <laughs> and the camera also then cuts to uh, Rod and co-anchor lady, whose name I couldn't remember, uh, because apparently- I just referred to her as other one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it turns out that they got engaged, and Rod Rebington is like, Don't worry, everyone. It's going to be an open marriage. Which is specifically a line on the teleprompter. <laughs> Which means that either he wrote them himself or someone is setting him up to be that skeezy. <laughs> it's like the, the opposite of contractual purity. Yes. Contractual impurity. <laughs> AKA being on Glee <laughs> in some cases. Exactly. And then Sue storms over once they cut to commercial and she's like, How dare you steal my thunder by becoming engaged and announcing it live on air. And co-anchor lady says some mean shit about like oh sue you know no one's ever gonna love you Th th this neg from co-anchor lady uh inspires sue to try e-dating and she, she her 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 search is short she uses one online dating website enters her name and her profile uh, which specifically mentions that her interests include extreme taxidermy and poking the elderly with hidden pins. <laughs> and 
turns out that um there's no one on on this one dating website that is compatible with Sue besides herself. She's literally too weird for anyone else on this again this one dating website that she tried. And so because Ryan Murphy wrote this episode, <laughs> her logical conclusion is that she should get married to herself. <laughs> yep, we've all been there. I would actually I yeah, I I I haven't been there before mostly cuz I've never considered marrying myself. Have you considered marrying yourself? Yes, obviously. Okay. That's where I fall on the Loki discourse. <laughs> Tanner, we don't have the time to get into that right now. <laughs> we we don't have the time to get into fucking self-cessed on our Glee podcast. <laughs> I'd only date myself if my alternate self was a crocodile. I don't have the energy to talk about this right now. <laughs> I feel like that requires more brain cells than I currently have access to. <laughs> Anyway, Sue is putting together, like, a thousand wedding invites for her wedding to herself. Yes. She invited Obama. She did. She invited specifically President and Mrs. Obama. Yep. That's basically all this scene is. Uh, anyways, hey, look, sound's working out. Yeah. Hey, guess which storylines uh, they pushed onto Sam again? His only storyline. I'm gonna be popular, and I'm gonna be in a heterosexual dating relationship. Yeah, I feel like... I feel like Sam didn't get, I feel like his last, the, the last time that Sam got a plotline in, ep, in an episode, I feel like it wasn't about being football popular. No, it was about gold booty shorts. Yeah. And and not coming. I can't wait for him to have an actual character plotline. So season four. Oh no. Anyway, do you want to do you want to cover this Sam scene? Yeah, so they don't know what to do with Sam because he's not dating Kurt, so they've got him in the relationship with Quinn, and he's like, "I gotta make it official with Quinn, and you make sure that she'll go steady with me, because then uh, my shoulder will heal, and I'll steal the quarterback position back from Finn." And Finn's like, "Dude, I don't want you to do that." And Sam's like, "Okay, but I'm gonna." And Finn's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and then. Sam takes Quinn to the astrology room where he first sang at her. The the astrology room? <laughs> where they study yeah. rising and uh, moon signs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, these aren't the heavenly, real heavenly bodies. We are. And then he gets down on one knee and Quinn's like, you stop that right now. <laughs> he pulls out a fucking promise ring. Because it was 2010. Because he's secretly a Jonas brother? There, there have been... I... It's truthful. Okay, Midwest. <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest of America. Promise rings were a thing, although I usually only was aware of promise rings in people who were older than high school age. Nope, it's a junior and a sophomore. Although I do, the promise isn't like the the promise ring. He says it symbolizes that he will never pressure her to go further than what she's comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And he'll tell her if she's got eye gunk or stuff in her teeth, and he'll lift heavy things in her house. Mm -hmm. And he promises to be true, and... And and he'll never do any of those things while sounding like McConaughey. Yeah, and it's, it's very, very cute. And this is... And, and d despite this really sweet promise from Sam, Quinn is kind of like blue screening... And he's like, you're not saying anything. And she's like, 
Uh, maybe. Bye. Can I take a rain check? <laughs> She's like, hi, I'm still, I'm still afraid of emotional attachment. <laughs> and for good reason. Yes, for a, for a very valid reason. And flees the scene. And then, courage! Cur no, it's not even courage. There's, there is a lack of courage. N no, the, the, the next place that we cut to is Kurt at his locker, where there is the picture of Blaine up with the collage courage beneath it. Oh, that's right. He, like, how did he get that picture? Did he, like, steal it out of a Dawn yearbook? Did Blaine send him headshots? I think it was supposed to be Blaine's school photo. And maybe he had extras from handing them out to his parents and relatives. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kurt, I went to the mall and got some glamour shots done. <laughs> I mean, would that be a surprise? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Kurt is at his locker. Finn walks up and he's like, bro, I'm worried about the 300 live doves. Yeah, because Kurt's plan is apparently during the ceremony to have 300 live doves and to release them to fly inside during the ceremony and that they don't need to worry about anything else about the pooping because the doves will have been fed glitter so they're going to poop glitter you know you gotta respect their show's commitment to just have every single character be a little bit feral yeah and it, this one this episode was written by ryan murphy so i don't know why i'm surprised yeah see i would say that uh director carol is trying her damnedest to navigate around all the Murphyisms that are in this episode. And she does a good job. I would say she does pretty good. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. The other thing with Finn is that he wants to demonstrate that he's a leader and a cool stud, but also he doesn't want to do anything at the wedding that will make him seem less manly. You know, like walking his mom down the aisle or dancing with her. No, he... he which I just want to reach through the screen and smack him. He, I, th I thought he did want to walk his mom down the aisle. He just didn't want to, like... He was like, I, I, I just need... He's like, Kurt, I need to do something for the wedding that will that will make me feel self-worth and also prove to myself that I can be a leader. Oh, right, yes. And then his reason why he didn't want to dance with his mom is because he's a shit dancer. Yeah, yeah. He just, he wants, he wants to do right by his mom. And Kurt is like, okay, well, how about if you give one of the best man speeches, which I can write. Or no, he doesn't say I can. He says, I am going to write your speech for you. And... But feel free to suggest overall themes. Yes. And then he says, hey, and we can help you uh, get ready so you can do the mother-son dance with Carol at the reception. And Finn's like, yeah, thanks, bro. This is also where Kurt says that he knows how to plan weddings because his Power Ranger toys got married and divorced in so many combinations, they were like Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like to know Kurt's Power Rangers ships. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first we got to see if he liked the same series we did, because he would be, he graduated class 2012, so he'd be about two years younger than us, maybe one year younger than us. Twenty No, 2012 um, is, ha it, that, that, was, that was the year that I graduated, <laughs> so. Okay, I keep forgetting how much younger you are than you are to me than I am to you. You and I are like a, a year and a half. What was the first Power Rangers you watched? The, the first one that I watched was Ninja Storm, but that was because up until that point, I had been watching exclusively Pokemon. Oh, okay. So age range, I feel like... Anything hmm, from... I feel like Kurt would have gotten into it around Lightspeed Rescue would yeah, have been was... the right age. So he ships Carter and Ryan, 
and also Kelsey and her girlfriend, who he probably he probably would have like grabbed one Barbie Nancy. and said this yeah, this is Nancy. This is Kelsey's girlfriend, mm-hmm. Nancy. He also could have been, I think the earliest maybe he could have watched was Lightspeed, was uh, was actually maybe Lost Galaxy. Probably, or In Space. Mm-hmm. See, if he was born in like 94, then he, mm-hmm. o- well, as a conscious human being, here. see, here's the thing is that even though I wasn't like a person until around the time of Lost Galaxy, I still caught lots of reruns of Mighty Morphin and Zeo mm-hmm. and Turbo and all that. So, like, I was vaguely familiar with them, even if I wasn't watching them as they aired. Uh, I just tried to do a Google for uh, Kurt Hummel Glee birthday. And did you know that Kurt has his own fandom wiki? No? But that doesn't surprise me, because there's a wiki for everything. Yeah. Uh, let me double-check a source that is not... Kurt Hummel's independent wiki. <laughs> um, his birthday is apparently May 27th of 1993. He's older than me. I don't like this. Hmm. He probably um, went with... Uh, he probably got Bert to help him hunt down like vintage Kimberly and Trini uh, Barbie dolls. Nice. Because <laughs> those actually existed. Hey, did you know that when Power Rangers first premiered, they actually like marketed it to girls too? Why did they stop? I don't know. And like... To, to be unfair, it was still very the, gendered marketing. Yes. But Did, but did still. they stop because of the societal misogyny? Yeah. Put put out more Power Rangers Barbies. Or wait, no, it's Hasbro. What is Hasbro? Does Hasbro do Bratz? Does Hasbro do Monster High? Put put out... A, but Googling in the Hasbro Brands. <laughs> do a line of Monster High dolls, but instead of like the universal horror monsters and mystical creatures, it's just like teen girl versions of Power Rangers monsters. No, Monster High is Mattel. Still, put pump- put the pumpkin wrapper in Monster High. Yes. They deserve to be there. We're just trying to distract ourselves from the terrifying second half of this scene. Just, yeah. So, Finn leaves, and Kurt is like, yeah, weddings! And then he closes his locker, and Karofsky is there just leering at him. Mm-hmm. And then he gets, like, real creepy close, and, like, pokes his finger into Kurt's chest in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And Kurt's like, can you stay the fuck away from me? Mm-hmm. And then Karofsky takes the wedding topper that Kurt was holding is just like, I'm taking this. And then he puts it in his pocket and leaves. And Kurt starts having a panic attack, which obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I had this written down here as the creepiest finger poke. Yeah. Um, and I had forgotten this scene happened. So. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. It's just, I mean, and it's supposed to freak you out and be really like skeevy and stuff mm-hmm. and just completely unnerve the audience and Kurt and Will, who does see this. And he's like, oh, shit, I should be a teacher for once. (laughs) What a concept. He runs over. He's like, Kurt, are you okay? And Kurt's like, nope. And Will's like, okay, let's go see the principal. Who is still one Sue Sylvester. Yep, just one. It's it's not two yet because she hasn't gotten married. Thank God she couldn't clone herself. (laughs) (laughs) Sue is like, "I I can't do anything about this situation because... If he's shoving you, he can just say that he didn't mean to shove you. And if he's scaring you, I can't suspend someone for just scaring you. Um, and Will's like, but this is clearly like having severe issues. And Sue Sue does pull the... She doesn't say, I have a black friend. She says, I have a disabled sister. And so I know what bullying is like. Which is... Sue. Sue come on, Sue. Sue, come on. Yeah. It's not a one-to-one comparison it's not but it yeah and 
Although then Kurt says that he feels like he's trapped in a horror movie and he never knows when Karofsky is going to show up and if he's going to hurt him or just be really creepy or what's going on. Mm -hmm. And you can see that like Kurt is worried this is going to like devolve into some kind of horrible psychosexual situation between him and Karofsky. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Sue like perks up when she sees how scared Kurt really is. And I'd like to think that she's thinking about her fear. So th- this is when the I have a disabled sister actually kind of works in her favor because I I would like to think the subtext here is that she is thinking about the times where she was worried about something happening to her sister mm-hmm. and her seeing her sister being scared and seeing that same kind of fear in Kurt and thinking, okay, I do need to take this seriously. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, listen, I can't do anything yet, but the minute you can bring me evidence that Karofsky is a threat to you, I will get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, Sue can be a reasonable authority figure once. Actually, twice. Yes. <laughs> I like this. This is the Sue I like. The Sue that's like, what if character development? Like, yes, Sue will destroy the Glee Club, but like, not on an individual level. Unless the individual is Rachel Berry or Will Schuster, in which case, have at thee. Exactly. Um, and then as Kurt is leaving, mm-hmm. he points out that... So, like, she has called him... She's referred to him as Lady Hummel the entire show so far. Yeah. And he points out, hey, like, calling me Lady is also bullying, and you make me feel like shit as well. And she's like, oh, I thought that was your real name. Which is... Yeah, so now it <laughs> flings backward. And also, I didn't write down the jokes, but she... She made, uh, like, a silly, pithy Sue Sylvester metaphor about expelling Karofsky. Like, it was faster than a Thai restaurant can read back your takeout order. And it's like, so this is where the Burfyisms undercut the seriousness of the situation. Mm -hmm. Because Kurt is, like, Chris Colfer is acting like someone who has legit PTSD. And Mm -hmm. Ryan Murphy is like, this needs a zinger. Yeah. I I did find it a little bit... Like, I'm going to give Sue back a quarter point, because uh, as Kurt is leaving, Sue is like, well, as you know, I refer to everyone by nicknames in some capacity, so I'm going to give you two options to choose for yours. You can choose either Tickle Me Doughface, oh, oh, I thought it was Tickle Me Doughface or Porcelain. No, it was Gelfling, Porcelain, Ah. or Tickle Me Doughface. Ah. And Kurt picks Porcelain, which, fun fact... She will now refer to him as Porcelain or Sweet Porcelain for the rest of the show. Oh! Continuity! Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> In my glee? Do you, do you think they just wrote out the scripts with everyone's proper name and then did like a find and replace just on Jane Lynch's copy to replace everyone's nicknames? There, there's, a, there's a special clip it, like, word doc helper, <laughs> that whenever it says that Sue says the name Kurt... It's like, um, I think you actually meant to say porcelain here. I like this idea. It looks like you're writing a Glee script. Can I help? <laughs> please, please, clip it, help. Um, but yeah, you said you wanted to talk about the next scene. Yeah. So then we get to cut to the Kurt Defense Squad in their first meeting. It is Rachel, my note here is, first appearance in the episode, nine minutes in. Nice. <laughs> and it's, so it's Rachel, Tina, Brittany, and Quinn. And Rachel has gathered them all here today because they need, because she says they need to get their boyfriends who are all on the football team to help protect Kurt. 
And Quinn is like, but I'm not dating Sam. And everyone's like, okay, but for the purposes of this conversation, you are dating Sam. And Rachel is like, we need to band together to protect Kurt from bullying. And we need to, in order to do that, we need to get our boyfriends to stop Karofsky from bullying Kurt because they're on the football team with him and they have pull. And <laughs> then Santana storms in. And she's like, excuse me, why wasn't I invited to the meeting of the Kurt Hummel defense squad? And Rachel's like, it's because you're not officially dating Noah Puckerman. And Santana's like, we are dating. And Quinn's like, well, you're sleeping with him, but that's not dating. And and Santana gets- <laughs> as, as we have already established, sex is not dating. <laughs> if it was, then Brittany and Santana would be dating. Exactly. <laughs> also, this I think this scene officially confirms that, like, Brittany and Artie are officially dating again. I don't remember when we got confirmation yeah. on that, but uh, it's it's like around the start of the scene, and Tina asks Brittany if they're like a serious couple, and Brittany's like, "Yeah, deal with it." By the way, when you guys were fooling around, did he ever just lay there? <sighs> oh, Brittany! Oh, sweet Brittany! They also point out that Puck can't even get into a fight with Karofsky because uh, he's on probation and he'd be sent back to juvie for it. Continuity. They remembered what happened last episode. <laughs> Yeah, this season is all about remembering things that happened in previous episodes. Previous seasons, even. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> truly wild. Tr- truly, what a concept. Yeah, basically, just like, Rachel is like, we need to help protect Kurt, because if anything happens to him, we won't be able to live with ourselves. And everyone's like, fair point. And my question is, why isn't Mercedes here? She is... Mercedes. she doesn't have a football boyfriend. But Mercedes is such a powerful personality. She doesn't need a boyfriend to help intercede for Kurt. She can do it herself. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I would love to see Mercedes lay the verbal smackdown on Karofsky. No, it would be it would be Mercedes and Santana, because they'd be like, well, we weren't allowed into this meeting because we didn't have football boyfriends, so time for us to be the football girlfriends. <laughs> time for us to join the football team. <laughs> um. Anyways, do you want to talk about a waste of a Carol Burnett? Yeah, it's a criminal waste of a perfectly good Carol Burnett. Yes, you, you know, you know, uh, the renowned funny lady Carol Burnett. Well, she's in this episode. She's playing Sue's mother, Doris, and she doesn't. She barely gets to say anything funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's here because she heard about the wedding. Yeah, and also because they finally uh, caught the last Nazi. We we should note that the scene starts because Sue is interviewing wedding planners. And she rejects one uh, right off the bat because this wedding planner thinks that her marrying herself is stupid. And Sue's like, you're not buying in. Get out of my office. That's that's when her mom, Doris, enters and says some uh, not great things about the wedding planner. That That's when she declares, we finally took out the last Nazi. It's like someone, the, the great, great grandson of a Nazi whose name is Chad and who was an accountant in Arizona. And I'm like... Hmm. You're a shit Nazi hunter. Yep. Also, I the, the this whole this whole time during Doris's plot of but I was hunting Nazis. I'm like, you could have done literally so much for the protection of politics in America if you had widened your barriers or widened your search criteria to include people who were not specifically of German nationality or descent. Because there's so many fucking yeah, Nazis in America. It, yeah. If anyone says they were a Nazi hunter in the 2010s, they didn't either. They did. They didn't do a very good job. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Doris is like, 
what's this I hear about a stupid wedding? And Sue's like, it's my stupid wedding, and I get to make the rules. And Dora says, fine, <laughs> then I'm going to sing at your stupid wedding. It's my stupid wedding, and I need it now! <laughs> and also she negs Sue a whole bunch. Yeah. It's like, hey, we want you to understand that this is not a good mom. Yeah. Oh, also, should we note that this includes Sue's, like, psychological reason, excuse for hating Glee? Because her mom wouldn't sing to her when she was a child, and so Sue hates singing now? Yeah, she she never sang to her, so Sue had to make her dolls sing Appalachian murder ballads to herself. <sighs> Shit's weird, yo. Uh, anyways, in the next scene, mm-hmm. um, Rachel is telling Finn about the Kurt Defense Squad plan, and Finn is like, I don't wanna, because if Karofsky, if if Karofsky's mad at me, then he won't defend me on football, and then I'll do bad, and then we'll lose, and it'll be my fault, and then Beast will take me off quarterback, and Sal will be quarterback, and then I won't be popular. And Rachel, Rachel looks up the two and a half feet and says, Finn, I am disappointed in you. I think they should have gotten matching jackets. <laughs> with Kurt Defense Squad on the back of them. Exactly. Uh, you know who will stand up to Karofsky, though, are Mike and Artie, who uh, call him out in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very nice scene because, hey, look, Mike gets lines. <laughs> Mike gets lines? He's a tough boy. Yeah, and they're like, look, you like, like Karofsky, look, you gotta stop bullying Kurt right now, and we're not asking you to stop, we're telling you to stop. And he's like, I'm gonna lash out because I'm destructively in the closet. And he shoves... Poor skinny Mike Chang into Artie, knocking them both to the ground. At which point, Sam steps in and gets fully ruckused. I think, like, Karofsky literally, like, gets him on the ground and is punching him in the face. <laughs> yeah, they but they both match to slam each other into lockers a few times. And Puck's also in the background like, I want to choose violence, but I can't. <laughs> I'd like to point out that, you know... I think that if Puck were to get involved by the fi- in the fight by putting himself in between Sam and Karofsky, like, if he put himself in the middle but just didn't throw any blows and just, like, tried to protect Sam, that would probably be, like, okay when it comes to probation. Like, look, I'm just trying to keep my friend from getting hurt. Yeah. I wasn't doing any hurting myself. Yeah. Back off, Karofsky, or I'll take your waffles. <laughs> and, but thankfully, uh, Coach Beast steps in, and he's able to get the two of them apart. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then the suing scene in the choir room. Mm-hmm. The girls are, like, tending to their boyfriend's injuries. And mm-hmm. they're like, wow, it's so hot of you to defend Kurt and also be injured so we can nurse you back to health. Yeah. Hey, Finn, look, do you see how everyone stood up for Kurt? Do you see how Sam got punched in the face because he's a leader? Yeah, and Finn's like, I was out on the field still, but if I was there, I totally would have done a ruckus. Oh, Finn. Oh, Finnyl. Oh, Finjamin. <laughs> that one's good. Let's go with that. There is a little part at the end of the scene where uh, Will checks in with Kurt. Just like, hey, Kurt, how you doing? And Kurt's like, I like you don't need to get involved in this on my behalf, but I do appreciate your sacrifice. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. And then we, we were already back with Doris. Uh-huh. Who... She tell, She's on stage with the band, and she was like, I was g- trying to book an hour with that hot teacher, and Sue was like, ugh, you mean Will? Gross. Yeah. And and then they uh, sing, why oh, why oh, why oh, why did I ever leave no. Ohio? No, they sing, why oh, why oh, why oh. Carol, Carol Burnett, why you do me this? Why you put an H in front of why? 
She's trying. She's trying to do anything. Yeah. And we we should note here that it's that Doris says, I'm going to sing the song Ohio at your wedding because it's my favorite song. It's not your favorite song. It's my favorite yeah. song. Oh, oh, shoot. I just remembered something yeah. um, from Doris's introductory scene. Uh, she hugs Sue and then she like jerks away because uh, she says, oh, I got poked by your weird yet adorable rib cage again. Oh, yeah. Good to know that part's genetic, apparently. No, no, you want to remember what one of Sue's interests was? (laughs) (laughs) Poking the elderly with hidden pins. Yep. (laughs) She just has them embedded in her clothing for any opportunity, apparently. Exactly, I just, (laughs) that was was from the last door scene, I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget it. (laughs) No, that's good, that's good. But yeah, the the song itself is fine. I I'd like to note that like Carol Burnett's vocals, aside from the whys, are pretty are like generally good overall. Uh, Jane Lynch takes lower harmony, which is also surprisingly good. Nice to hear some alto harmonies getting included. <laughs> and basically, it, they just sing the song. And I guess there's a part in the middle where there's like dialogue in the original song. And so they use that opportunity to discuss Doris abandoning her children, but they don't actually, like, resolve anything. Yeah. There's a part where it's, like, Sue's talking about every opportunity and big event that Doris and and her late father missed. It's like, birthdays, hot Nazis! (laughs) Like, Christmas, hot Nazis! Yeah. Yeah. And then the scene's over and Doris leaves. She's like, remember, Sue, everything's about me. Yep. Did, before we leave the scene, did you see the trivia that there was a cut part of the scene? I don't think so. So apparently there was, there was an earlier, there was like a little bit before the scene started where it was Sue on stage talking to Brad. Oh, yes, I know which part you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. There there was an... (laughs) There was an earlier part where Sue was talking to Brad before Doris got there, and she said, one sec, I have it written down, um, there's a part where she said, oh, I thought you were an actor playing a pianist, and Brad said, no, I'm a pianist playing an actor. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yes, (laughs) Brad, the all-powerful pianist, is aware of the medium in which he is a part. (laughs) But alas, Brad's first line is still to come. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So we come back to the choir room where Kurt is putting Finn and Bert through wedding dance boot camp and Bert's like, our first song is either going to be Stairway or something by Buble. And Kurt's like, okay, great. I can work with that. And so he like, he does a dance with his dad to just get him like to know the timing. And they like sets his dad off to do it by himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at me. I'm dancing to rhythm. I have rhythm and movement. It's dance. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bert. Yeah, and then Kurt's like, okay, now Finn, we're going to do the same thing. And Finn's like, no, but boy! And and Kurt's like, you're going to fucking dance! (laughs) But then, while they're dancing, Karofsky walks by, and he sees, and he does like a, like, mime dancing thing with Kurt. No, no, he does does the, oh, is he, you know. He does the limp wrist. Is he, you know, a complex character with severe mental issues going on, hiding the between traumatizing other people? He is! <laughs> um, and Bert sees this, and he's like, who is this kid? 
And Kurt's like, it's fine, he's just... Oh, oh, no. So Bert's like, who is this kid? And Finn's like, Kurt, you gotta tell him or I will. And Kurt's like, it's fine, he's just a bully, he shows me around. One time he said he was gonna kill me, it's no big deal. And Finn's like, wait, that last part is news to me. Yeah, yeah. And now Bert chooses violence. <laughs> yes, Bert chooses violence because... Like, he sees Karofsky walking past the other door of the Glee room, and he just, he's just gone. And then Kurt and Finn dash out the hallway like, oh shoot, we gotta go rescue our dad from Karofsky. Or, turns out more likely, rescue Karofsky from our dad. (laughs) Because Bert's got him pinned to a bulletin board with an arm bar. Yep. And he's like, why are you bullying? Why are you bullying? And then they're able to get uh, Bert off of Karofsky. Uh, then Bert calls Finn out. He's like, where have you been? Where where the hell have you been this whole time when you could have been protecting my son, your impending stepbrother? Yeah. And Finn, Finn doesn't have anything to say. He's just like, uh, 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 mm-hmm. So then we, uh, now we're back in Principal Sue's office. Paul Karofsky, Dad Karofsky is here. Mm-hmm. A sensible man. Mm-hmm. What a concept. Yep. A sensible man in an episode written by Ryan Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> they basically do a recap of all the ways that Karofsky has been tormenting Kurt. And Karofsky's like, oh, he's lying because he's into me. And Karofsky's like, no, no, this doesn't sound like something he'd make up because this kid sounds miserable. Also, Dave, you've been acting out a lot, too. I have also noticed this. Mm-hmm. And we should note here that, like, in the recounting of the bullying that Karofsky has done to Kurt, they don't mention the assault kiss. Yes. They just mention everything else. Yeah, because Kurt says, he threatened to kill me if I told anyone. And they're like, told anyone what? And Kurt says, oh, you know, just the bullying itself is fine. Yeah. So, like, after all that, Sue says that she can't have a student threatening violence against another student. Uh, Karofsky, you're hereby expelled. And Dad Karofsky says, good, good plan. Dave, let's go get your stuff. Mm-hmm. And she does mention that if they want to, they can appeal it to the school board or something. But she's like, this is not going to stand at my school. Yep. <laughs> Bullying's only okay if I'm the one doing it. To Will Schuster. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Actually, yes, I agree with that full statement. <laughs> All right, so let's so win the next scene. Santana walks in on Finn trying to tie his tie, and he's like, I don't know how to tie a tie. And Santana's like, I'm going to tie your tie. By the way, you should tell Barry that we had sex the semester. And Finn's like, no, I can't. Because the one time in a flashback, she told me that she never had sex with Jesse, and she's so excited that we're both virgins. And if I told if I told her now that I lied to her before, she'd break up with me. And Santana's like, yeah, yeah, good, good. That's the plan. Oh, Santana. Santana also is uh, hiding her mental trauma between messing with other people. She just has not yet chosen violence. Yes, yet. Or at least, no, she hasn't chosen violence since the season premiere, I should say. <laughs> That's true. Anyways, he loves Rachel. And Rachel walks in. And he's like, you look amazing. And Rachel's like, that's great. Yeah. Anyway, time for wedding. Time for happy <laughs> wedding. Uh, time to Superman that hoe. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's true. They do the crank that. <laughs> so the next scene is Bert and Carol's 
wedding ceremony, which is definitely at the same set that they used for Mercedes's church earlier in the season. <laughs> Just redressed. It, it could be, no, it wouldn't be the same church, because that was obviously a black church. I I think I think it's the I think it's the same set like the architecture and the layout is the same but they like redressed it. Or maybe maybe Kurt talked to Mercedes and Mercedes was able to get uh Bert and Carol a discount for booking the wedding at their church. Also possible. <laughs> but yeah. And it's this scene's very cute y'all. It starts off with a musical number. They sing Marry You by Bruno Mars and which the, is funny because the Glee the- kid- <laughs> Marry You is a song about, like, getting married in Vegas and even saying maybe we'll get, like, divorce each other by the end of this weekend or whatever. Yeah. They're they're ignoring that, though. They're focusing on the happy part. Yes. <laughs> because it, it's very cute. Um, Turns out that the entire Glee Club is the wedding party. <laughs> yep. Like, all the girls are Carol's bridesmaids. Rip to any extended family that Bert and Carol had. Rip to any friends they have who are not previously named characters on the show. <laughs> what if, oh no, oh no, here's here's bad, but maybe a little funny. What if they did have relatives who would have been in the wedding party, but they all dipped when they found out that it was taking place in a church that had like, the, the imagery was Black Jesus? <sighs> Going off my said, same headcanon that Mercedes got them a deal. Yeah. That's not out of the realm of possibility, but also, it was like, it's Bert and Carol, they were probably like, fine, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. We've got so many people, family members, out of our lives. Carol pro- Carol probably had, like, a sister-in-law who was, like, barely hanging on. She was like, I'm gonna invite her to be a bridesmaid, and this will be, like, the, the, the olive branch to try and rejoin with Finn's dad's family again. And the sister was like... I'm not going to be in a church where Jesus is not white. And she's like, okay, then goodbye forever. I just thought of something. What'd you just think of? Am I the asshole? F- Am I the asshole for wanting to have my, my, son- my, both of my son's entire glee club serve as my wedding party? <laughs> <laughs> I want to write that fic now. <laughs> but yeah. All of that aside, they sing Marry You. It's super cute. The Glee pairs uh, get to all run up the aisle and they do in- they do super cute, like, fun dances as they enter. Like, Rachel and Finn and also uh, Tina and Mike do uh, Bridal Carry as they enter. And as, uh, as Sam and Quinn enter, they do, like, they do, like, finger guns and they do fun little dances. Because they're both bisexual. Because they're both bisexual. <laughs> um, and when Kurt and Mercedes enter, they're like, they're clear, like, you know, it's clearly Chris and Amber having fun. Yep. There's, a, there's a part where they do, like, the super dramatic, like, we're going to tango with each other down the hallway ferociously. <laughs> and it's super cute. And for some reason, they gave, they gave Artie a set of, like, streamers to dance with. <laughs> And he and Santana and Puck and Brittany kind of do stuff down the aisle together. And then when Kurt, when when Bert and Carol walk down the aisle, it's super cute because like Bert's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm dancing by myself! Look at me go!" He's dad dancing. He's got dad moves. Mm-hmm. And then Carol comes down the aisle, and it's so adorable. And like you, you can tell Bert, like when he picks her up halfway down the aisle, is like, "Oh my god, she's so pretty! What am I gonna do?" And it's so ah. 
But also, right before Bert and Carol come down the aisle, the whole Glee Club come back together and they all start cranking that. Yeah, yeah, they do a crank that down the aisle. Because they probably couldn't have gotten away with doing the song itself, but they had to do something. Mm-hmm. Also because it was 2010. Soldier Boy was in vogue. Exactly. I, I should note here that this whole this whole scene of like, hey, we're gonna dance down the aisle and it's gonna be super cute and quirky. This inspired a real life trend of people dancing down the aisles and dancing into receptions for weddings. Yep. Like, I think it even got in the fucking office. <laughs> wow. Uh, also, Glee... So not only did Glee re- release this song as a single before Bruno Mars released it as a single, mm-hmm. but also their uh, ver- their cover charted higher in the US and Canada than the original version. Oops. I was going to say sorry Bruno Mars, but <laughs> Mind you, this wasn't this this wasn't Bruno Mars's big breakthrough hit. Like his big breakthrough hit was Just the Way You Are. Mhm. Mhm. And and probably um he did a song, uh, it was like Beautiful Girls and it was him and um the guy who did airplanes T- hang on tayo cruz i don't th- was it tayo cruz i don't i don't think it was tayo cruz let's see who googles faster oh bob yes bob yeah because tayo cruz did uh i throw my hands up in the air tonight saying a yo got a do do you want to talk about the absolutely adorable shit that Carol and Bert say for their wedding vows. I, I want you to talk about it because I didn't take as deep notes on it as I imagine you did. I literally copy-pasted their lines from the script into my notes because it's so cute. I can read Either I can read the, the whole thing, whole cloth, or I can just pull out the best lines. Uh, do whatever you feel is best. Okay, I'm, go- I'm just going to do the best lines. So, because Kurt, noted atheist or at least noted agnostic, was the wedding planner. The, instead of having, like, a prayer as part of the wedding ceremony, uh, Bert and Carol kind of, like, talk about talk about why everyone's gathered here today uh, for their vows instead. And Bert goes first, and he kind of talks about, like, how, like, hey, like, you know, like, life can be sad. Like, I like I lost my first wife, which was very sad, and Kurt lost his mom. Like, well, more importantly than me losing my wife, Kurt lost his mom, which was really, really tough. And he apologizes to Kurt because, like, what he says, what, what we were doing wasn't living. And then he says, you know that saying that when God closes a door, he opens up a window? Well, sometimes out of nowhere, he'll do you one better and he'll kick a whole wall down. He grabbed me by the shoulders and he pointed me towards this woman, Carol, right here. And he said, there she is. Go get her. And you're everything, Carol. Words can't describe you. You're everything. And I will love you till the day I die. And Carol, Carol's lines are also very, very cute because she says like, oh, yeah, like I get two men in this marriage. I get Kurt who saved me from my, from my wardrobe, and Bert, who just kind of saved me from everything in general, and I love him very much. And Finn, I'm proud of you for accepting Kurt and Bert into your lives. And I'm very proud that we're four people becoming a family! 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 And Vin Diesel in the distance nods in approval. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna have to edit Vin Diesel into the screenshots that I took from the episode, aren't I? <laughs> 
<laughs> and they they get to say their I do's, and it's very cute because both of them are so excited to get married that they talk over the priest. <laughs> and and they kiss, and everyone's clapping, and yay, the best ship on Glee has been canonized. Do you want to start us off for the reception? So the reception starts with Will singing Sway by Michael Bublé and uh, Bert and Carol doing their dance. And ev- the whole the rest of the teens in their chairs are doing like reaction shimmies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very cute, very cute. Bert gets to dip Carol. It's very sweet. Yep. Uh, and then Finn gets up to do a speech and he's like, he toasts his mom saying that she's so super awesome and even without one in the house, she taught him how to be a man. Uh, and then he's like, anyways, uh, whenever people get together in the club, we get a pairing name. Like, me and Rachel are Finchel. And Rachel smiles. And then he says, when Rachel was with Puck, it was Puckleberry. And then she kind of grimaces. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're making a new pairing. Furt. <sighs> Finn does not understand ship names. See, so most people uh, with this ship, they either went with Hudmel for the last names, or they went with Kin. Ah. I think it's. I think at some point people try to make Kin like the term for Finn and Kurt, but only as brothers, uh, because it's like Kin. Yeah. And then I think some people were like Finn and Kurt getting together explicitly because they're stepbrothers. Um, and then Kinning just happened in general, and now no one refers to it as Kin, and no one refers to it as Furt either, because that's a stupid name. <laughs> yeah, it's a stupid name. It's definitely a name that Finn is very proud of himself for having come up with. <laughs> I know letters! Yeah. And then he gets to, uh, he says, like, Kurt, I appreciate you, and now that we're brothers, I'm gonna protect you, I promise. I'm gonna protect you way more than I uh, haven't been. Yeah. He's trying. He got the spirit. Mm-hmm. He do. He do. So, oh, and then he says, also, you're gonna dance with me. And Kurt's like, no, I'm not. And Finn's like, you will. I'm gonna make you. Uh, and then he <laughs> and the rest of the club, because they put together a number in secret for Kurt. And so they start doing Just the Way You Are by Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. It's very cute and, and sung good. Yeah. Finn's dancing is decent. <laughs> yeah. And he, like... Rachel and Mercedes, like, move Kurt so that he's standing in front of Finn, and then Rachel moves to dance with Finn before she remembers that it's supposed to be a Kurt and Finn number, and I don't know if this was scripted or if this was Leah forgetting that you're not supposed to be dancing with Corey th- today. Yeah, I- there there was also a super cute part, like, right- like, before the Glee kids got up to start dancing- when she was looking at him while he was talking, and I was like, "Okay, but is it Rachel getting moony not getting moony eyed over Finn, or is it Leah getting moony eyed over Corey, or is it both?" I don't know if they were dating yet, but I feel like it's getting close to both. Mm-hmm. We were approaching the the perihelion. I think that's the point of closest contact. Okay. <laughs> it's an astronomy term. Oh, not astrology. No, not astrology. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something else, I think. Sam proposed. He's like, can't help being a Gemini. <laughs> but yeah, so then Kurt and Finn do a slow dance together while Finn serenades Kurt. And Kurt is like, I'm loving this platonically. Character development. Yeah. And it's super cute. And it's real good. And I'm always caught off guard by how much I love Cory Monteith's falsetto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he gets to dance 
with his mom and Kurt dances with his dad and then Bert and Carol get to dance together. Family! 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 I like it. It's fun. It's good. Um, so now it's got a bad family. Well, no, it's still a good family. Just different good family. Some good family. Partially good family. Sometimes a family is a cheerleading coach, her sister, and then the same cheerleading coach again. <laughs> yeah. Because then we go to to Sue's wedding ceremony. Um, and I think it's- Well, technically it's the rehearsal. No, it's the real thing. I think. I, I'm not sure. See, I I couldn't tell based on the stuff. And also, I was just kind of zoning out I was because it was very late at night. Yeah. And also, it's a Sue plot, so it's like, how much detail can you absorb? Um, and also, yeah. she, so when Sue enters, she's wearing, like, this blue gown, but the top half is a tracksuit, but it's also got, like, this open collar, and I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> yeah, it's a very... It's a very reasonable interpretation of how do you take her Adidas branded tracksuits and make them into a wedding gown. And I think that uh, Ali Rahimi, who was the personal costume designer and designed the dress, did a good job. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Before before the either the practice or the real ceremony, uh, Doris is trying to make small talk with Jean. Who is who is being polite? It's, but is also not like she's. You you can tell that Jean is also kind of like. Meh. Yeah, she's she shares the same sentiment about her mother that Sue does, which is, "Why did you leave?" Yeah, and and Doris is like, "I had to because of the Nazis." You got that illustrated copy of Mein Kampf, didn't you? They're nasty people. Yeah. And even Jean is like, yeah, that was great, thanks. Yeah. And then Sue enters, and in this ceremony, she is the efficient spouse and spouse. And, yes. Yeah. And she kind of, like, steps around. She, like, makes different spots on the floor be like, this is where I am as the spouse. This is where I am as the other spouse. And this is where I am as the wedding, as the efficient and she, like, steps around and does the whole, oh, do you take Sue Sylvester to be your lawfully wedded spouse? Yes, I do take Sue Sylvester to be my lawfully wedded spouse. <laughs> I now pronounce you Sue and Sue. You may now kiss your Sue. Yeah. And then, like, kisses her own hand. <laughs> and Doris is like, this is bizarre. You should marry a man the way God and Jesus intended. And she also gets real upset because... Your wedding, th this wedding ceremony is dumb, and also it wasn't about me, even in the slightest bit. I hate it officially. And Sue was like, okay, well then, bye, bitch. Mother, today I've learned that bullying is wrong. You know, I... My, my thought here is, I wonder if Sue was a little bit inspired by her discussion with the Hummels and the Karofskis. And seeing what parenthood is supposed to be like. Yeah, that could definitely be part of it. And definitely just Kurt, Kurt telling her that she was a bully and she had to take a look at herself. And then she took a look at like her mom was like, mother is also a bully. I'm, I'm going to move one step forward in character development and cut the toxic people out of my life. Good. Much more realistically is the fact that like Doris clearly 
does not really care about Jean and isn't equipped to mm-hmm. be a mother for her. Yeah. And like she's basically she's lording the fact that she's a mother is like I'm your mother automatic uh redemption and Sue is like you were never here for any major parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. So we barely even acknowledge you as our mother. We I think we forgot to mention earlier that on Doris's first appearance, Sue asked her like I know you just got into town, but have you gone to see Jean yet? And Doris was like, I'm going to get to it. It's definitely at the top of my list after this. Yeah. Waste of a perfectly good Carol Burnett. Yeah. In the next scene, Sam is at his locker and Quinn shows up with like some medicated skin cream because he's still got the um, Mm -hmm. fight makeup on his eye. Yeah, same shooting day. Sam and Quinn do some chit-chatting, which I didn't write about or really pay that much attention to. But then Quinn's like, we've been talking- She's wearing his ring. Yeah. And she's like, I'm wearing your ring because you're an inspiring leader. And you inspired Finn to dance at the wedding. And Sam's like, how did you even get that? And she's like, I broke into your locker. Mm -hmm. Good for her. Good for her. And she's like, I'm pretty handy with a nail file. And I'm like, okay, did she- who who did she learn this from? Did she learn from Sue Sylvester or from April Rhodes? Or Santana. Or Santana. Also, wanky? Question mark? I don't, uh, I'm not qualified to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, it's very cute because as, as Quinn walks away, Sam does like, yes! Like victory dance, fist pump. <laughs> the, hip- the himbo got a girlfriend. Congratulations! <laughs> and then we have to have a downswing. Yep. So Kurt and Carol and Bert are back in the principal's office, and Sue is like, I regret to inform you that the school board overturned the expulsion because there were no witnesses to the death threat. <sighs> and everyone's like, This is terrible. And Sue's like, Yes, yes, it is. I have done everything in my power as a principal, and I can't go any further. So. I'm resigning as principal in protest, and now I can be another pair of eyes in the halls to keep an eye out for you. Mm-hmm. Sue Sylvester has joined the Kurt Hummel defense squad. Yep. And so then we cut to the hallways, and so remember last episode where the Cheerios were carrying the tro- big trophy one way? Well, now they're uh-huh. carrying it back the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fun. I just like that shot. Cheerio moving crew. And then Kurt's like, I guess I'll enjoy my last day of freedom before Karofsky is back in school tomorrow. And Bert and Carol are like, no, we have another plan. Yes. Like, Kurt, come over here, sweetie. So then that cuts to the choir room, and mm-hmm. Will is like, yeah, weddings, that was great. Mm-hmm. And in when the scene starts, like, Puck and Artie are, like, shadowboxing in the back, which is cute, because, like, hey, look, they're still friends. <laughs> uh, and then Kurt comes in. He's like, first off, thank you, everyone, for the awesome wedding times. It was great. And I love that I have people in this school that will protect me and love me and care for me. Which is why it sucks that I am now transferring to Dalton. Yes. Farewell. I am leaving you for a better place, a.k.a. Gay Narnia. <laughs> uh, yeah, he explains the situation and he's like, I'm mm-hmm. glad that you are all willing to protect me, but the only thing that will make me feel safe is Dalton's zero tolerance bullying policy. Mm-hmm. When he's saying all this, like, everyone in Glee is, like, clearly upset. Like, Quinn and Brittany are upset. And, like, Rachel is like, 
But uh, because fucking Rachel is like, but that means you're gonna be performing against us in sectionals. And then Finn and Mercedes are like, excuse me, no, this is about this is about Kurt, Rachel. And they're like, like Kurt, like are also you- <laughs> Santana. Santana has a face that I can't tell if she's trying to say Rachel not the time or Rachel, you actually have a good point. <laughs> the world may never know, and I don't feel like going back to examine truly the tapes again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, uh, he mentions that Bert and Carol are using their honeymoon money to pay for the tuition. Mm, no, why, Kiki? More like, bye, Kiki. <laughs> and hello, Blaine! Yeah. And, and it, the episode literally just ends on Kurt, like, walking out of the glee room all sad. Yep. So I have a couple of notes in retrospective here. All right, let's hear them. I think the first is that maybe part of the reason why this episode is so is as good as it is is because you know who really didn't have any impact on the episode? Will. Will Schuster. And Rachel, whose only impacts were trying to make Finn be a better person. Yeah. I'm I'm less I'm less enthused about the less Rachel than about the less Will. And also, I'm curious what you thought of Sue's wedding plot. I mean, it's fine. It's just a goofy Sue thing. Yeah. I I feel like that was the magnet for all of the Murphy weirdness that was going to happen in this episode. It all got channeled into the plot of Sue Sylvester marrying herself. Yep. So that then proper, proper weight and happiness could be given to the other, uh, to the other arcs in the episode. Exactly. And the last part is that according to the Glee Wiki... These are the first two successful weddings in the series on the characters' first tries. <laughs> and I'm like, this does not bode well. I think I think there's only one more first try success. Oh no. Uh but before we get there, mm-hmm. we have to talk about how what this episode made us feel. Yeah. Um, but numerically. <laughs> yes. In a chartable system. Christina, I started. What was your favorite song? <laughs> uh, I think my favorite song, uh, has to be, I think it has to be Marry You. Cause these, cause the songs in the episode were Ohio, Just the Way You Are, Sway, and Marry You. And I think I am gonna do, uh, Marry You, just cause it's fun. What about you, Tanner? I am going to do Just the Way You Are, because I like it, and it's good, and Corey sing good, and it's cute, and good. Good! <laughs> Um, how about your gold star moment? Family! Family! <laughs> what about you? Mine would be four out of five Glee boys coming to Kurt's defense. Also very good. Also very good. And what was the worst moment? Um, I think I'm gonna say perfectly good waste of- as a waste of a perfectly good Carol Burnett. Yeah, like she she doesn't get to do anything funny. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get to use her comedic genius. Exactly. Like, like, I, Carol Burnett, she literally had her own sketch comedy show. And they were like, you're gonna be an abusive mother. And I think it's a perfectly good way. They didn't even let her do the Tarzan yell. Yeah, like, oh, how how great would it be if she showed up and she was just like this this beloved smother weird and wacky person and it's like sue was so serious and against the arts because her mother was just too much into them and she's rebelling what what if the reason that sue sylvester hated the arts is because her mother kept pushing her into the arts when she was younger 
and yes, but she never wanted the arts because Sue's mom so pressured her into doing things on stage that Sue had in certain number of embarrassing experiences here, and that made her hate. That made her hate being on stage or performing. Exactly. But no, instead they were like, they were like, she's like, it's just a plain old case of abandonment. Yep. What about you? What's your worst? Oh, mine is the same. But hey, two out of three Carols ain't bad. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, that is something I just realized is that we've got Carol Burnett, we've got Carol uh, Hudson, and we've got Carol Banker, the director. Nice. Are there any other Carols I should know about? Uh, I don't know. Are there? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Great. So, I would like to thank our guest, a room full of cold air. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to... Oh, hey! You know what we can do before the wrap-up? What can we do? We can read the review that we got. We got a review! didn't read on air yet. Who's it from? We did! This is... So, this is back from in June. This is through Apple Podcasts. Uh, I haven't been able to check any other uh, any other platforms to see for other reviews, but this is from uh, user male underscore Cinderella three. I don't know who they are, but whoever you are, thank you. Good for them. Uh, they say uh, I started reading some Glee fanfic and Kevin and Jenna's podcast at the beginning of quarantine, and made me go back through the show and relive some amazing moments. Tanner and Christina will make you laugh from the craziness that is Glee. Now, when I look for Glee content, it seems to be growing, and that warms my grilled cheeses loving heart. Also, P.S. Am I the only one whose brain autocorrects loser like me to loser like Glee? Just me? Okay, I'll go home. You're not the only one because that's what the podcast was almost called. You are absolutely not wrong. Part of the issue is that there already is another Loser Like Glee podcast. That also is, yeah. (laughs) And although that one seems to be abandoned because they haven't put out any episodes since they did Roads Not Taken back in October. Oh, that's good. I hope they're okay. That is unfortunate. Uh, Listen, podcasting is hard and sometimes you just peter off. Yes. And the fact that I'm encroaching 150 episodes on my other podcast is bonkers. Oh, yeah. I mean, part of it's because you're doing weekly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. The fact that I've been able to, like, do almost weekly. I think we have taken six weeks off in the past three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. You should take more breaks. (laughs) (laughs) When we start running out of ideas, we'll probably switch to bi-weekly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um... All right. Anyway, I guess it's time for us to do the outro. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't think we have any other current events aside from pay it, help help people who need help. Call yes. your representatives. Don't yes. put up with bullshit. <laughs> keep keeping an eye on Palestine. Keep keeping an eye on climate stuff, and keep keeping an eye on residential schools. Yes, absolutely, all of that. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at LoserLikeMePod on Twitter, and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. Uh, so next time, uh, let me flip over to the spreadsheet. Uh, next time, I think we get sectionals? Yes, next time is sectionals. Finally? Yep. No idea what they're doing for their set list yet, but... <laughs> it's a lot sooner than last year, remember? Yeah. Yeah, this is episode 9. Last year it took them 13 episodes to get there. Exactly, and next year it's only going to take 8. Wow. But yeah, next next time, uh, your favorite character is here. Wait, do you mean do you mean Blade or Lauren's Isis? I mean Lauren. I mean, they're both here, actually. Neat! 
Anyway. Anyway. Three, two, one. And, and that's, that's what, what you missed, missed on Glee. Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff this show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me.